Hey, everybody, and welcome to Slow Smoke Business. I'm your host, Jared Morgan. And today on the show, we're going to have Al Kingsley. Now, Al runs an organization called Net Support. Uh, it's out of the UK, but more importantly, it's in education technology. Now, if you know anything about me, you know that that industry has a very special place in my heart and in my mind. I spent a lot of years uh, working with Proctor U, on trying to understand that industry and the challenges that it faces. And it's in a really interesting time right now. We have artificial intelligence. We have rapid change that came through the pandemic. Some of it stuck, some of it didn't. Uh, and there's just so much to learn from a guy like Al, who has been in this, his organization has been around for 34 years in education technology. And I can tell you that is very, very rare. So what I wanted to do was, as we always do, take this episode and break it down into, into you know, the five most impactful minutes so that you can get a hit before you actually get into the deeper episode. So let's get five quick minutes with Net Supports, Al Kingsley. How does a company like yours, especially in the tech industry that is rolling over every 24 months, this is a whole new kind of scenario that you're in. How does a tech company like yours remain relevant for so long? It's a really good question. And, and whilst I wouldn't want to um, necessarily judge everybody in the same mold, I think one thing that, that I most definitely see is that many technology businesses that start up by the nature of the market, um, in order to grow, require external investment. And external investment often creates um, a, a focus and a priority on profitability and return over a period of time. We started out with a with a mindset, which is probably, um, it slowed our growth, but you know, that was quite, it was a slow smoked growth that we went for in the sense that we wanted to sell fund and recognize that the landscape for technology is moving so fast. It certainly is when you align it with pedagogy and think of it within the context of education, that you can't make a product and sell it full stop, or I should say period in, in an American sense. You know, there is always a case of it's about evolution. It's about co-production. It's about constant development. And the nature of that is you take a hit. You either go to make something that you box and finish and then make your return from or you commit that you're going to continually develop it based on feedback and the relationship you develop with schools. And in doing so, that makes it probably, in, in all honesty, a more expensive proposition. But what it does do is it makes the product um, have a much longer longevity because it's constantly adapting and evolving based on what schools need right now. Uh, and so that creates two things. One is a, an expectation that it's not necessarily high yield. It's being it for the long haul. And the second is, I believe, you can only be successful in our space if you have at least one of your feet actually in the education space. You can't make stuff and tell educators what they need. You have to work with them and understand the pressures and then come up collectively with solutions. There is no such thing as AI. There's just really good algorithms, right? And I think that demystifies it a touch because it it can seem like an alive thing and you start ascribing human elements to this thing and what if it you know what if it turns evil and what if it i, I just don't believe in all that i i think you, you make a really strong point i think the, the thing that confuses the issue most is not that we have artificial intelligence yet because we don't what we have seen the last year particularly is we've seen major advances in natural language processing in other words a computer's ability to make us think we're talking with a sentient being and because the natural language processing has improved so rapidly, 
that's allowed systems to provide content for us that we can actually use. Whereas before, it would be a list of things that we'd then have to craft and shape ourselves. The context of actual intelligence, I think, is we're still somewhere from. I mean, I guess the biggest litmus test always used to be the Turing test. Could, could a computer fool us? Well, actually, I think now we've realized that that test is no longer valid because natural language processing means that absolutely a computer can converse with us in, in grammar probably better than my own at times. But that doesn't mean that it's intelligent because it's ultimately fundamentally linked to, as you say, the algorithm, but more importantly, the quality of the data sets. And what we, I think where we have more concerns is where we look to say, where does those data sets and how do we validate them? The authenticity, you know, another power skill. How do we evidence whether information we consume is factual or not? Something we absolutely want to teach our learners as part of their digital citizenship. So, but now we're in that phase where it's all about, do we trust the content? How much do we need to human rationalize it as well? So we're still some steps on the journey before we get to that point of the genuine intelligence, I think. Hey, everybody, if you enjoyed that brief conversation with Al Kingsley, please go check out the entire conversation right where you found this episode. Uh, it is about 30-ish minutes long, but it's a fantastic conversation and a look into one of education technology's brightest minds. Uh, we'll dive deeper into the AI discussion, talk about kind of where that industry is going. And I'm going to be making some pork country-style ribs while Al watches. Uh, unfortunately, he's not here to take advantage of it. But um, if you like that, please check out the full episode and we'll see you next time on Slow Smoke Business. Mm -hmm.